Hey, Shelly, on today's episode, we have a special guest once again. Are you going to say something? This is when, this Sorry. Is when you I, say something. No, I'm laughing because we actually just recorded <laughs> this like three minutes ago, uh-huh. and I fucking went off about something that needs to be in scandals. And I scandal gave a little too, session. Scandal sessions, and I gave a little too much information. <laughs> so Mary's like, I don't know if we want that out in the public. Uh-huh. Um, so we're doing a do-over. This is take two on an intro. <laughs> Good God. Welcome <laughs> to our lives. Anyway, Mary, carry on with the intro. I haven't had enough coffee for this. No. Yeah. Today we are interviewing... Author Chris Davis, Mm -hmm. whose book is called Worthy, the Memoir of an Ex-Mormon Lesbian. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm not sure how new it is anymore because we are really behind in our recording schedule. I mean, it's just relatively new. I would say like in the last year, it's pretty new. Sure. doesn't make it any less of a phenomenal book and make Chris have any less of an amazing story that she tells. Yeah, and how about that word worthy, huh? Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck that word, and that's how I started going off. What were recorded three minutes ago, which will be on Scandal Sessions. Thanks for getting that name right. Appreciate that. And we decided to use the word worthy and incorporate that in patron names at the end about how people are worthy. Yeah, it seems like we've been very negative lately with the patron names. <laughs> we're like, all right, we're going to go with things that God hates. We're going to go with with why you suck. We're going to go, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're flipping that around today. Yeah, yeah, we need some uplifting um, patron name. Anyone who has yeah. a shit patron name, whatever, just just do the opposite. Just decide what the exact opposite is. Yeah, and maybe Shelly can mute her devices, I knew too. that was coming. Uh, where's my phone? <laughs> Hang I on. I don't know. But oh. we're going to take a break yeah. and uh, be right back While with I that interview. While I mute my phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be right back. Hey, Virginia. Did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. Controlyourcare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Hey, everybody, welcome to Latter day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. My name is Mary. My name is Shelly. And life is not figured out. <laughs> No. It just keeps getting more no. complicated and weird. But you know what? That's what life is about. If it was easy, I mean, it'd be fucking awesome if it was easy, not going to lie. But um, yeah, it's yeah, life. Life's just... not easy. So, Shelly. Yes? We have a very special guest today. Yeah, we do. I love doing <laughs> interviews, by the way. You do? So, I do. I do. And I'm super pumped about this one because uh, this person that we're interviewing has been a longtime LDL listener and— she started at episode one, so... She follows directions. She follows directions, at least my directions. <laughs> I don't know about other directions. But anyway, Mary, go ahead, introduce her. Well, today we have Chris Davis. So Chris is the author of Worthy, the memoir of an ex-Mormon lesbian. And welcome, Chris. First of all, welcome to Latter-day Lesbian. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. We are so happy to have you. I want to read the blurb that is also, uh, did you say on the inside cover of the book or on the book jacket or something? Yeah, it depends on which version you get. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to set it up with this, but there's so much more to the story, and that's why Chris is just going to tell us the story in in her words. So, Chris Davis was a lifelong devout Mormon who checked all the expected boxes of wife, mother, teacher, leader, follower, and believer until 2020 when she left her family and her church to fulfill her own personal destiny as a gay woman and independent thinker. 
She remains close with her two adult children, one of whom is a believing member of the church and the other who is a transgender man who has also left the church. So, Chris Davis, welcome to Lettery Lesbian. I think I said that already. You did, but I want to say real quickly, I think of three words when you read that intro. Brave as fuck. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yes. Totally. Thanks. And I was tempted to correct Mormon to uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, who's with me? Who's with me? It's a win for Satan. That was a win for Satan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a win for Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Rusty's going to be pissed when he reads this. Not that he's going to read it, but yeah. I'll give him a call. I'll be like, yo, Rusty, Chris Uh just fucked up the title. You got him on your speed dial? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Was it, wait a minute. Was it Russell M. Nelson who thought it was a win for Satan or somebody else? Yeah, no, oh, him. He was the one? All right. Yeah, after billions of dollars spent on the uh, I Am a Mormon campaign mm. from the previous, in quotations, profit. But we're not, we're not going to talk about that. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we digress very quickly already, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, Chris, okay, you have this story, and I want you to tell it. I'm sort of summing it up, where you had decided to stay in a life that was making you miserable. That was the decision you were you were going to make until your one of your children was 17. Is that the story? Yeah, he was 15 when he came out to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, in the same conversation that he came out to me as trans or as non-binary at the time, I came out to him as a closeted lesbian. Oh my God, that's oh, beautiful. Oh, wow, I that's love beautiful. it. That's beautiful. And then I'm coming out, and then you're coming out. We're all coming out. out. Yay! <laughs> Everybody's gay <laughs> in the perfect world. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you back it up, and let's hear a little bit about, you know, kind of your upbringing, the whole getting married. Yeah, because deciding to stay in a life that makes you miserable, uh, and but you have to for some reason, and then— at this point, I'm going to die by suicide. So trigger warning. Yeah. Trigger warning to listeners. If suicidal ideation is uh, difficult for you, then consider skipping this episode. No, or just skip just some of it. Just practice self-care. Yes, there <laughs> yes, we go. You self-care. take care of you. Yeah, we understand. Skip episodes. Um, okay, so that was the decision you had come to. So we want to hear about... What led up to the point that, you know what, this is just my life and this is what I got to deal with. And uh, But wait, I, I want to hear about the decision to get married. Like, that's a big thing for— Tell us the day you were born. What yo. was that like? <laughs> tell us about your great How far do you want to back up? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary, but it's interesting to like, me Can about... we go to the pre-existence for a second? <laughs> were you... Well, clearly she was a valiant spirit because she's here and she's not um, of another race other than white. So you oh, jeez. That's the teaching. Awful, I, It Shelley. is awful. Stop. Although you are gay, so meh. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, for real, I want to know, because I do think that women and men, whatever, within the church, even though they already, like, know that they're somehow queer, there's still this pressure to get married. So I, I want to know about the marriage first. Okay. So um, let's go back to my patriarchal blessing when I was 17. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Oh, we nice. Go. It's always a good place to start. So hang on. <laughs> I'm interjecting again. So for those of you who are brand new and chose not to start at the beginning, A, I'm angry at you, but B, a patriarchal <laughs> blessing is... A fake blessing given to you by a man who's somehow an authority that basically is like reading the eight ball kind of thing. <laughs> and, and they just make shit up and 
we've had a lot of people send their blessings in and they're very, very similar. There's certain things they're supposed to say. But as a believer, you're like, oh, this is my destiny. This is exactly what God would tell me. Okay, go. Yes, exactly. I call it like an oracle. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So I had already decided by 17 that I was not going to have children. And I was questioning, you know, my my future, my sexuality, my interests. And uh, I was just sublimating all of that for the church. So in my patriarchal blessing, it says clearly several times that I will get married to a man, that he will take Mm -hmm. me to the temple, a righteous priesthood holder, and that Mm -hmm. we will have children. And that we will, I will raise these children in my earth life. And I was crestfallen. No pressure. In fact, no pressure. Exactly. When, when the blessing was over, the patriarch kind of just did an aside and he said, I hope you like children because you're going to have them. Oh my God. Jesus. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Fucker. And so actually I remember on my mission, like standing in front of the old dilapidated microwave, hoping that it would make me sterile. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I'm laughing. It's funny, but it's not funny, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it reveals a lot, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, you knew by then already that you, or you had inklings that you were a lesbian, or how did that work for you? Yeah, I started, I got introduced to the idea when I was about seven in first grade, and then um it was always in my head, but, you know, I started going to church at more regularly at 9, 10, 11, 12. And those are formative years. And and I heard messages that were very much against that kind of thing. And so I was like, oh, that can't be me. That can't apply to me. I'm a good girl, you know. But yeah. um, it, it, it did. <laughs> yes. The decision to go on a mission, was that all related to fixing anything? It was in my patriarchal blessing that I would serve a mission. And I was already God. dating the man who would become my husband. I had been dating him for a a little bit and he wasn't ready to get married. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to serve my mission now instead of when we're old and together, you know? God, I have that in my blessing about serving a mission. And I also assumed that it was that Brent and I would serve missions when we were old. Don't you love how it's like some random uh, church oracle (laughs) basically will run your life against what you feel inside? It was heartbreaking. It was heart wrenching, mm-hmm. actually, because I was, you know, at an age where I'm trying to learn how to listen to my own intuition and listen to my own feelings and thoughts. But I had to completely oh, no, no, ignore no. them and shut them down. I mean, are Mormons really encouraged to follow their own thoughts? No, no, not if they go against the, the teachings. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and if they go against the teachings, your bishop will tell you, "Well, you need to keep praying and asking for answers that go along with the teachings." Blah. Exactly. At least that's what they told me. Yeah. That was part of the, the trans conversation, too, when my son came out. Oof. That the bishop you, said. What if, you, what if you just feel like you never get those answers that line up? Well, then the priesthood will tell you what they are. That's it. You don't get to go on your own. Come on. You can't Especially if you're a woman. Get over right. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just convince yourself you've well, heard yeah. the spirit. Well, because okay. if you have authority above you that supposedly is connected to God and talking to him all the time, then clearly you are not capable of getting any kind of inspiration or having self-thought. And so you doubt yourself and you go with what the priesthood holder says. Yeah. Yes. 
And this, these priesthood blessings, don't they all pretty much say go on a mission and get married and have lots of kids? <laughs> Essentially. At the time, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I know, okay. yeah. Again, we've had people send theirs in, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is the same one. Exactly. <laughs> a different person. I thought it was unique. I thought it was personal, direct no. message from God. Yeah. No, no. And the same patriarch is like, all right, who's next? And blah, blah, right. blah, kids, yada, yada. Mission, be yeah. faithful. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Okay, carry on. That was a nice side about blessings. So I came home from my mission and decided uh, that I needed to be, like, as as my mission president put it, anxiously engaged Ugh. in trying to find a, uh, you know, a husband and make a, oh an eternal God. commitment with him. And so um, it was another couple of years, though, before he was ready. And so I was dating other people, and I was I was engaged to someone else, and I got disengaged. And uh, it, it finally, you know, came together. Tell me about the attraction, lack, you know, attraction or lack thereof for the people that you were dating. Mostly, it was just based on, does he like me? Is mm. he interested in me? Would he have me for a wife? So he gets the power. That's the same yes. boat I was in. He he gets the power to decide if I am worthy to be mm-hmm. his. Exactly. Mm. Oh, it's so fucked up. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I will have to say that as a gay or queer person, Mormonism is kind of a good bet before you're married because there's really no expectation to have premarital sex. You know That's what I mean? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I guess. That's a weird... I mean, until the, a, until the marriage happens. That's a weird pro <laughs> for Mormonism. <laughs> and it makes up for everything. If you else. can just kick the marriage can down the road. <laughs> huh. Okay. Then it's a perfect religion for you. <laughs> if you don't want to have sex before you're 18, because that's when people get married. Right. Um, yeah, you're good to go. Although they still do, but whatever. Uh, what, good pro- good input, push. Mary. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Levi Levin, Bravo Push. <laughs> <laughs> we won't ask Chris to describe any of that. Uh, I mean, if you want, I'm kidding. I was in Provo, yes. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think, I don't think the when push was— Provo. The push wasn't around back then. It wasn't. No, I didn't know about it. I mean, it probably happened, but they didn't name it. Okay. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Anyway. So your your OG boyfriend decides to ask you to marry him. Two years after, you were uh, ready. Yeah. Tell us about how you felt about that. So I actually, it was weird because I, w- I had gotten inspiration in the temple that I needed to move back to New England. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I was really strong. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll be a hot commodity there as an RM, a return missionary. And maybe, um, you know, maybe that's where my future lies. This is what God is telling me. And so I shared that with my now ex. Now ex. Gotcha. He took me to the park and gave me two dozen roses and said, please don't move to New England. And I said, if I stay, I have to believe something is going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, progress in our relationship. Because he was kind of stalled. And he said, I know. And he bowed his head. (laughs) And so the next day I was like, where are we going to shop for rings? There you go. Wow. Isn't it interesting? Sorry, I'm going to interject real quick. Uh, So in the temple, you received inspiration. And I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't hold any weight of temple anything in my mind. But your inspiration was directly focused on you needing to find someone that will marry you. Yeah. 
Ooh, I mean, nothing sad. else. It wasn't like, where should I go to school? What's, you know, it was like, you need to get married, go, go to Maine. And I'm not doubting that you had those feelings, but what, what, looking back, what do you think about that now? Uh, I, I think it was, I was a hyper-focus on something that's not even, yeah. it's not even necessary to get married so early. Or at all. Or at all. True, true. Or to a man. All right, jump forward. We get married in the temple. What was that like? Oh, you had been to the temple before because you uh, had gone on a mission. I went faithfully every week to the temple at least once a week and did a session. I did a lot of genealogy and did the work for my ancestors. I was all in. God, Chris, that's wow. so boring. <laughs> Baptisms for the dead. No, endowments for the dead even. <laughs> Oh, my God. I, I get it. I did the same thing. It is, she just oh. wanted to get touched under her robe. She wanted to get touched <laughs> under her robe. <laughs> I got to get it somehow. <laughs> you go in, you're like, can we just do the washing and anointing over and over? Like, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, my A God. A little to the left. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we're irreverent and I love it. Okay, I so you're it. married. Next up is kids. Yeah, we took a couple years for me to feel like I was ready to start that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was 28 when my first was born. I did not feel called to motherhood. I mm, struggled to piece. connect with my baby. I had postpartum mm-hmm. for a year. It was a real struggle. Wow. Did you feel guilt about that? Oh, absolutely. Like, what's wrong with me? Am I not righteous enough that I can love my baby and be a great mom? Oh, God. That's the fulfillment of my eternal destiny, right? It's the one thing that you are supposed to be good at. The one thing. If nothing else, you should be able to do this and you suck at it. That's how I felt, too. Yes, absolutely. It was exactly it. And so when I had my second baby, I had postpartum for like a year and a half. And then my brother passed away. And so I had nothing in the tank and the bottom fell out. Like my life was in shambles. And that's Mm. when I I actually went in the hospital because it was so bad. And I was just ready to give up. And I had this little family and I went in the hospital and I finally admitted to myself that I was gay and that I had made a huge mistake, that I'd made a mess of my life and the lives of my immediate family. And... Um, what was I going to do about that? And how was I going to live true to myself, but also fulfill this commitment to these small humans? Yeah. Oh, that's such a shit moment. Such a shit moment where it's like... It was rough. I want something else, but I have children. I've like, made this life yeah, now. Yeah, I made this life. What the fuck do I do? And it's... Anyway, you chose. Go ahead. I chose to live true to myself in in an interesting way is that I was going to fulfill my commitment to my family. But then I had made a plan that I was going to end my life when my youngest graduated high school. And so that was wow. like my way of, of kind of not conforming and my way of rebelling. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Well, I have a question about that. So why was uh, suicide the option that you had landed on versus I'm going to get out of my marriage? Divorce just wasn't on the table. Like it's a t- an eternal commitment, but so you I still believe been, you still believe. Oh, I was completely fully in until oh, like twenty fuck. until until just a few months before my youngest came out to me in twenty seventeen. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my brother died in twenty uh, two thousand three. I'm sorry about your brother, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so sorry. 
but I'm confused. So Mormons believe potentially that homosexuality is a sin, let's say. But don't they also believe that suicide is a sin? Yes. So how do you pick which one to do? Because the church at the time taught that there are no gay people in heaven. And so dying would cure me. And then I would be free to, yeah, I would be like a hetero and I would be comfortable and appropriate after mm. I was cured. Uh. You know, that is that is most definitely a teaching. I know the gay part didn't come in that teaching until people were starting to come out. But previously it was like any kind of any kind of difference, whether it be a physical ailment, you're the wrong race, you know, whatever it is that supposedly is all in heaven, when you die, you will be perfect again, yes. meaning white and delightsome, straight, um, no physical differences, sure, except for the TK smoothie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I could see that. You're like, I am suffering. I was born in sin, being that I'm gay, so I'd rather just call it good after I raise my kids and just fucking start over in heaven. Is this, yes. Am I right on this? Okay. And also, I felt like my brother had died and that I felt like, why am I staying here? You know, like when that Ugh. could bring me so much peace just to follow him. Mm, gotcha. Uh, that makes gotcha. sense. Wow. So how did that change your decision as your life went on with raising your children? It didn't. Oh, shit. It was still in effect until 2020. Wow. And you had like lots of, <laughs> I was going to say high callings, which is bullshit if you're a woman. But as far <laughs> as women go, like you were still less than an 11-year-old boy. But. <laughs> You did serve in some, uh, you know, whatever, higher callings than your than your random 13-year-old girl. Yeah, tell us about that. I was the Young Women's President. Mm -hmm. I was in the Relief Society Presidency. I was over um, Enrichment Night, which is the monthly gathering of the women. I, I coordinated mm -hmm. that. I was the primary pianist for a few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some, some pretty involved callings. So do you actually play the piano or they're just like, you look good. <laughs> I don't even touch a piano now. I hate no, it. Oh, I, I hate it. Trauma. Because I was just used so much, you know, no, never for paid sure. for anything, expected like, oh, I remember they would make changes to the primary program that the children were going mm. to sing in front of the congregation. They would make changes like the morning of. Mm -hmm. And there was no, like, regard for how difficult that is for the pianist. It was just... No, of course, I don't give a shit. It was just go with the flow, Chris. Come on. Uh, use oh. the spirit. The spirit will guide you. <laughs> yeah. Blah. Blah. You're like, oh watch me gosh. fuck up this song. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I am a child of God. will never sound the same again, bitches. I guess that... <laughs> I know this might be a good time for a uh, Mormon Mad Lib. Too oh, bad we yeah, don't we have one up there ready. We haven't Movie. done one in a long time. It's been a bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've served a shit ton within the church, given up all of your time, made zero money, just your typical. And I have a question. So this whole time you're doing all these things, all the expected things in the church and you're a wife and mother, the whole thing. In the back of your head, though, is this idea that at a certain time— Coming up in the future, you are going to die by suicide. You had this plan, and that's what you were going to do. Like, how long did you have this plan in your head? 17 years. Fuck. From 2003 to 2020, I died every day for 17 years. Oh, my God. And you never doubted oh. your choice. No. I felt like that wow. was the—like, doctrinally, that was my decision. Yeah. Like, I based it on doctrine and policies. 
Mm. Uh, fucking church, oh you fucking cult. Yeah. Seriously, everybody listening, get out of the fucking church. Please. If you know somebody in the church, get them the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So jump forward to your. Um, I'm sorry. Is this your son now or your daughter? And how do you want? How do you want us to talk about them before transition, or does it not matter? I just call him my son. Okay, let's let's talk about your son because uh, we know a big thing happened there between you two. Yeah. So in uh, 2017, like at the very end of the year. He had started going to this diversity club at school, which I knew what that meant, but my husband didn't. No secrets. Yes. And um, he started um, exploring some of his identity and talking with his friends and trying things on. And he had been hinting for a couple of weeks that maybe something was coming, uh, some kind of um, revelation uh, for him. And and uh, he was saying things like, well, you know, my friend is trans and how do you feel about that? And, you know, what would that be like? And so kind of feeling us out, both of us, uh, my husband and I. And he finally just got the guts one night to, um, we were in the car in the driveway and I parked the car and he just, he just spilled it. And he was like, would you still love me if I was trans? Oh, that wow. hurts my heart. That wow. hurts yeah. my heart. And I was like, of course, of course, mm-hmm. I will always love you. And thank you for trusting me with your truth. And by the way, I'm gay too. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 But mostly just, I wanted him to know that, that, that love is the only appropriate response to that. Absolutely. And safety. Like, clearly you're safe. Well, clearly he trusted you enough, obviously, to tell you. I would only imagine, and tell me if I'm wrong, that when you returned with, like, hey, guess what? I'm gay, too. There's this bond of safety, of of a safety secret, right? You know what? That is exactly what happened, because for the next three years, he kept my secret. That's awesome. From everyone, including his own father. I wasn't wow. re- I wasn't ready to disrupt my marriage yet. So yeah, he came out to right away. He came out to everybody, but he kept my secret later after we the two of us left the church. We would spend our Sunday mornings at Panera with our mm, yes. milky white coffee and our sweet tea and we would mm. toast and t- bear testimonies to each other that we were so grateful that we had left the church. Oh my God, I love it. Let me let me guess. No piano playing in Panera. They no didn't ask piano. you like, hey, sister. No, yeah, okay, I taught him all the secret handshakes. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I have taught those to my kids too, and they look at me like I'm a weirdo. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh God, I love it. But we bonded really well. Oh, for sure. I wonder, as you taught him more of the wacky shit, was he more like, Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he's still finding out wacky shit, and and, uh, and he's just like, "Why did you do that for so long?" But you know, we were we were in it, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I know. I didn't we think it was invested. wacky at the time. Nope. Absolutely. But yeah. that wacky shit runs deep. Yeah. So going back to the story, and you and your son having this secret for three years. At what point did your husband start to? I mean, was it all at once? It's like we're leaving the church. Your daughter's now a son. I am gay. Like, did you hit him all at once with this stuff, or how did that I happen? I didn't. Um, when when my son came out, we had some discussions with the bishop because Oof. he called us into the office. My son came out on, on his YouTube channel, and the young woman's president saw it. Oh, my God. And oh. just all he said was, hey, this is my new name. This is my. These are my new pronouns, you know, and— um, 
you know, nothing against the church or anything, but he, he got whiff of it and he, um, he called us into his office to manage expectations early as he put it. Oh my God. And he said, you know, there's no such thing as transgender or non-binary or genderqueer or anything like that. Oh, you're looking at it. Jesus. Oh my God. I, okay. So I recorded these interviews. There were three of them. (laughs) I have them on my phone. Awesome. (laughs) We might need those for a scandal session. Just saying. Just saying. I was like, this is going to be good. I have to record it. But I was still (laughs) believing at that time. But I had already started, like, a a few months before, I had started investigating the truth claims of the church and Mm. learning about the polygamy with Joseph Smith and, you know, all this stuff. And I read this book called Combating Cult Mind Control, and oh. our church is in that. Uh-huh. Uh, it <laughs> yeah, should be. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And <laughs> and it was just telling, like, how do you spot a cult? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah. if it says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on the outside of the church, you just spotted it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm curious, what was the moment where you're like, oh, my God, I, I need out? Was there a certain teaching or just exhaustion? It was the last day that we talked to the bishop. There were three meetings with the bishop. Uh, um, the first was with just my husband and I, and then the second two were with my son also in the room. And he he was being awful. The bishop was just being awful. And my son was like trying to ask specific questions to see if he could still stay in the church and be trans. Like he was trying. Oh, and the bishop mm. was like, you know, it's it's not compatible. And so we left that interview, and then my a couple of my friends like contacted me and said, "Bishop just contacted us and outed your son and Jesus, yeah, and said that we're not allowed to use the name and pronouns." And oh, I was like, "What man. the fuck?" And so I texted wow. my bishop, and I was like, "Are you talking to people about what we discussed?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to protect the congregation." And oh my god! And then he was like, he was trying to defend himself, and I gave him three chances, and then I was like, I typed the words, "You are a prick." <laughs> <laughs> And I like hovered over the sun button for a little bit. And I was like, my husband was in on that group text too. And I was like, oh. send. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you was, prick. It oh was God, the love best it. moment of my church life. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that's Did he respond? Clean. No response at all. Nothing. He still oh. hasn't responded. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Good for you. you like, know. that's some scary shit to tell your bishop he's a prick. Yes. But I fucking love it. Yes. Because you're defending your child over this dick face. Yeah, and this, this again, reinforces this goofy thing that happens in the Mormon church where any old person with a penis Mm -hmm. can be the head of a church, the bishop, without any training— Without any counseling as far as, like, how how to counsel people. Where's the classes in seminary or whatever it is that teaches you how to counsel people? And, like, holding a confidence yeah, is no 101, fucking, man. No fucking therapist would ever no. tell anyone. I'm talking family members, no. anyone, except if you're like, I'm about to murder my mom. But— <laughs> Would, wouldn't do that, can't do that legally. Right, legally they cannot do that. So right. how is this guy able to do that sort of bullshit? I, he has I a penis. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, he's it. not trained. That's well, my he's not point. trained, but in his mind, it's his job as the father of the war yes. uh, to protect 
the members. And in his mind, your son was going to fuck everybody up. They didn't want yep. your son, but they didn't want your son fucking up the ward. Exactly. And being a bad influence <sighs> on the other young women. Yeah. Well, and also, I think a lot of people right now are duped into thinking that the Mormon church, by and large, is accepting. But when you get down to the bishop by bishop level, it sounds like that's not the case at all. It I, mean, is I not. guess it depends. No. I'm Maybe guessing, it's Bishop Rick Roulette, you know, it depends guess, on who your bishop is. I'm guessing your prick bishop, were this to happen again in 2023, would be the same answer and the same warning. He would. Yes. Oh, I have a new buzzword instead what? of Bishop Rick. It's Bishop Prick. Bishop what? Prick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mary. I love it. Oh, my God. So, Shelly, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. It was so interesting during these meetings, though, like in between the second and third meeting, he talked to my son and he was like, I want you to go and pray about this. And I want you to come back next week when we talk. And and let's discuss what God tells you about what Heavenly Father tells you about your decision. And he was like, and you and your husband need to pray about it too. And just make sure that you're in alignment with the church's teachings. And of course, it, you know, he like threatened to take away our recommends if we didn't fall into alignment. And so we came back the following week, and my son said that he felt like God was with him on this journey. No, he's not. Not according to the bishop, prick. (laughs) The bishop bishop was like, nope, that's not the right answer, basically, is what he said. And Mm -hmm. I said, wait a minute. I jumped in. I was like, so you told him to go home and pray about it. Just pray that he would be in agreement with what you said. And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is so obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you were going to say. I had oh that happen, God. too. Uh, everyone, I think everyone that's leaving the church with questions, uh, most everyone will have a bishop say, uh, pray until your answers is alignment with the church, because yes. any other answer is from the devil. Yes. So, clearly. But what I love about this part of the story, Chris, is here is your son coming up with a different response than the bishops. Yes. But if you go back in time, when you are ready to move to Maine— to start your life over, you didn't. And when you had doubts about, am I, I, don't, I don't even feel a calling to be a mother, you did it anyway. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Fast forward, you are now standing up for what you believe is right, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah, because it was my kid. You know, right. I heard it my whole life. I heard how wicked homosexuals are and mm-hmm. how they're sinners and we love the sinner but hate the sin and that kind of thing. But until that was aimed at my kid, yeah. oh, no, I did not want him to experience that kind of self-loathing, Yes, you know? Mm. I, I didn't want that to be his, his inheritance from me yeah. and from the church. Right? Yeah. I just love um, how they teach you to hate yourself if you're queer, like <laughs> yeah. your entire life. Even if they don't know that you're queer, they teach hate. So in your yes. mind, you're like, I hate myself. Yes. Yeah. And I don't really know how anyone successfully loves the sinner but hates the sin. Like, how does that even work? I don't know what that even means. It's a lie. Yeah. Because there's no way to show someone true, unconditional love when you're judging the shit out of them. Right. Right. There's just no way to do those two things. judging the shit out of who they are. Right. Like, I could say, listen, I love you, but I don't 
like that you keep, you know, holding up liquor stores. Like that sucks. <laughs> um, but but it's very specific. Very specific. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching true crime, and there was a part about um, holding up liquor stores that was just last night, fresh in my brain. Um, so what I'm saying is to to not like to to say you love someone, but you don't like who they are as a human being. Yeah. That's fucked up because that's saying that who you are is sinful. Yes, absolutely. And my mother is stuck yeah. in that limbo right now. She's yeah. she's a member of the church, but she, you know, in order to answer her temple recommend question, mm-hmm. you know, do you sympathize with or associate with? I'm not sure how they word it now, but yeah. it's essentially do you, you know, support people who teach against what the church teaches? Mm-hmm. And she says, I love you, but I can't support you. Because I need to pay money to go to the temple or I will not be saved. Thank you, right. Mormon teachings. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I know you got a 10% raise. Yeah, you did get a 10% raise. Congrats. That a girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so jumping forward, remind me how old was your son when he came out? 15. 15. So we're hitting the age, we're getting to where he's 17, which is when you had decided, you know— I'll be good to go at that point. When he was 18, graduating high school. 18, I'm sorry. Yes. So after the whole coming out and you're doubting the church, how long did it take for you to decide, I am not going to take my own life? So I had a friend in 2019 approach Mm -hmm. me. She was a friend from the ward. We had been friends for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm learning to be a life coach. Um, Will you be a guinea pig for me so that I can get my certification? (laughs) There we go. Did she didn't know what she was. She, didn't, she know. didn't know what she was getting into. I didn't come out. Uh, so I left the church in early 2018 with my son. But then it was another three years before I came. Two years until I came out to my Ooh. husband Oof. and the world and my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody. And so 2020 was the year that my youngest graduated from high school. That was the year that I in August I left. I left my family on wow. August 3rd. It's called my new life day. And I celebrate it every day, every year. August 3rd. August I'm going to put 3rd. that on my calendar. Okay. I'm going to celebrate you. Do you August know how 3rd. I'm celebrating this year? What? I am going with my girlfriend to see Pink at the Met Stadium in New York. Oh my God. <laughs> and Brandi Carlisle awesome. is opening for her. Oh, ah, nice. shut the fuck up. Yes. I love, we've seen Brandi Carlisle how many times? We actually advertised the podcast yeah. at one of her concerts. I don't know that that actually happened. I'm not convinced. We never oh, got we a tried bill. tried to. Oh, we never paid. <laughs> <It might not laughs> they happen. didn't send us a bill, so I don't we, know. We had good intentions. We did. We really tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take you from, I mean, let's talk about how your husband reacted. And and how did the divorce come about? Yeah, so um, he was completely shocked. He had no idea, and I was under the impression that he knew, but he we just, it was just never talked about. We never talked about it. Can I just say that your um, ex husband's gaydar is clearly broken? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was good at faking being like the devoted wife. I don't know. Like, uh, whatever, whatever. He needs to get that thing tuned up before he starts dating again. Okay, there you go. (laughs) She knew what she was doing, Shelly. Oh, okay, cool, cool. It's called acting. Acting. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Wow. Wait, I had to know, what was your hair like? Was it lesbian hair or straight girl hair? Oh, my God. Okay, so. It's important questions. This is an important question, and it actually applies because when I was 20 and I was dating him and I was uh, about to go on my mission, I overheard him telling his friend that he liked long hair. 
And so during my mission, I didn't cut my hair at all. And I came back with long hair for him. And I kept that long hair for the next 20 years until I turned 40. And then I was like, fuck that. This is my head. This is my hair. And I don't want long hair anymore. So I got a cut. Was this this before the divorce or after? Like, did he leave you over the haircut? No, no, no. (laughs) This is when I was 40. I'm 52 now. So it was like 12 years ago. Yeah. And how long have you been divorced? We separated in 2020. The divorce became final about uh, January 2022. Okay, so this recent. Yeah. Yeah. Like just happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so at some point in there, your son is 15, comes out to you. You come out to your son. Is it like a light switch at that point? Like, oh, I don't have to die anymore. Like, when did that hit you? No, it was the life coach. Okay. Back to the life coach. Yeah. She did all these assessments on me and, you know, surveys and, and trying to figure out where my strengths were and what I wanted to do with my life. And so we came up with this whole plan and I like played along. And then, I don't know, like after a while, I was like, you know, I really appreciate you doing this for me, but it's not ever going to happen because I have this other plan. Oh, you still had your death by suicide yes. plan, even though she was like, Having you run for president. Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Chris for president. I'll vote for you. Uh, oh, yeah. So when did it switch? When were you like, meh, I think I want to stay around? It wasn't until she like helped me make a plan to live. Ooh. She she said, What if what if there are a few more chapters in your life that have more hope and 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 peace? And happiness yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we we came up with a new plan for me. So she knew about the old plan. I told her. Wow. Yeah. After we'd done all the assessments oh, and shit. made the plan, I was like, no, this is never going to happen. My life coach helped me transition from my plan to die into a a bright, brilliant, hopeful plan to live. Nice. I feel like we cannot get out of this section of your life, but it's so fucking good and it's so relatable. And everyone listening is like, oh my God, me too, me too. What was her plan? Like, I feel like we need to offer like a website for this life coach. Right? <laughs> she did something right. <laughs> you know what? My book is dedicated to her. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we can reach out to her when it happens. Uh, so what was her plan? Her plan for me? Yeah. She was like, you know, she, we discovered that I was creative. I didn't know that. Mm. And so, uh, you know, she's like, what would you like to do for a living? I was a stay-at-home mom for the whole time I was married. Right. And so I never even had a career. She's like, what would you like to make a living at? And I said, if I could be a writer, that would make all my dreams come true. Hell yeah. So you awesome. did You did become a writer. <laughs> I did. First, what I did was I went back to school. Yeah. That was our first step mm-hmm. as I went back to school. And that gave me connections outside of my church family mm-hmm. and my immediate family. It gave me confidence. It gave me, you know, education, um, which was uh, empowering. Is this after the divorce or before? Mm-mm, before. Okay. And so um, I actually had a professor who was a philosophy teacher, and she encouraged me to write my story. Wow. And so I wrote an essay about being gay in the church and about this experience with the bishop and my youngest and, you know, how things were progressing after that. And the essay is actually published in an anthology uh, called I Spoke to You with Silence uh, about queer Mormon stories. Mm, nice. Uh, that came out last summer. 
Is that awesome. available for purchase or is it online? Yeah, okay. It's on Amazon. Yeah. And it's called again, repeat that, please. I spoke to you with silence. Okay. Pray is the author, P-R-A-Y. Gotcha. Mary's going to make that, put that in the show notes. Thanks. Not to talk about myself, but I can relate with the whole getting to the end of my Mormon life, my 40 years of Mormonism, and feeling like, who am I? What do I want to do? What does my life look look like? Because, you know, I have memories of what I, uh, what I loved uh, when I was younger, before I was committed to being this Mormon wife. And I look back and there were things that I just can't do now. I'm too old. I don't want to go back to school forever. And I've had to kind of let that go. I have some sadness, but I let that go. But going forward, the excitement of, the fuck do I want to do? First, it's super scary. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I have the world. I have the world at my fingertips waiting for me to be me, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was terrifying mm-hmm. and exhilarating. Yes. Yeah. So she was helping you like learn things about yourself. You're creative. You, you know, it sounds like she was just helping you try to figure out who you were in a lot of ways. That's exactly what she was doing. She was giving me permission to, to explore those things outside of church. Wow. So that probably was such a huge mind shift for you. Like, who am I outside of this crazy religion, right? Like, like yes. you probably never thought about that before. Like, who am I? I never did. Well, yeah. A, they don't give you time to think about yourself. B, you're not supposed to think yourself. Right, they don't give I, you permission to think about no, yourself. No, because they already ha- tell you what you're going to do. You're going to be the youth leader, and you're going to have kids, and you're going to bake pies and shit, yeah, and you're going to go to the temple of, every week and give us It's the plan of money. happiness, it's right? It's the plan of happiness. Let me guess. <laughs> Let me guess. Chris was not happy. Is that is that safe to say? I looked happy. Oh, no one would have thought that I was a fucking mess inside, because you right. can't show that shit on the outside. You No, you have to be a good example to your, you know, the fellow congregants. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, show them faith and and fortitude and and faithfulness. Ooh, were you a big testimony bearer on Fast and Testimony Sundays? Um... No. Oh, fuck you. I was. <laughs> I get up and brainwash the shit out of people, not even knowing that's what I was doing. Yes. Oh my I want to call every person in the congregation and be like, yo, I lied. <laughs> this is some bullshit. I actually didn't feel the spirit when I told that story and cried. I was just nervous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really confusing for me to try to decipher between genuine spiritual experiences mm. and just the the heart cell that the church teaches and and presents and uh the like the sentimentality yeah yes it, it makes you cry it yeah. makes you emotional it makes you feel deep strong feelings but it's not real it's not a confirmation of the truth yeah mm. it was I remember having this moment where I went to a Bonnie Raitt concert and this was when I was kind of come kind of leaving the church and it was like I'm pretty sure I just felt the spirit right now listening to and watching Bonnie Raitt. So wait a second. So that means Bonnie Raitt is true because if you feel the spirit, it's true. (laughs) Like, what the fuck, church? And so I know for me, leaving the church, and I've told the story in, in earlier podcasts, but the doubt you have in your own feelings is like, okay, I feel this way, but is that true or is it still heart cell going on? And by the way, heart cell people is the the church's um way, they actually call it that, of giving you like the the beautiful music and the moments, all this um, stuff to force you to feel the spirit, which is the same as a Bonnie Raitt concert. So yeah, I <laughs> doubted my intuition for a long time. 
the church says, doubt your doubt. Well, that's well, right. very true. Very true. And that, to me, must be one of the biggest struggles for people leaving Mormonism or high demand religion is like, how do I trust my intuition mm-hmm. when I've suppressed it my entire life? Mm-hmm. That was so hard. Yeah. It was so difficult. Yeah. Mm. It took a while to learn it and I'm still still learning. Oh yeah. You're 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 fresh out of the cult, girl. You were yeah. the same. And it's we're not done figuring our shit out. It's like we're starting to figure our shit out. We're starting to trust ourselves. And for me, the trusting what you feel and being like, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And then whether it works or not, it, to me, it doesn't matter. If it was a failure or a success, I went with what I felt. Yes, good or bad, yeah. it was my decision. Yes. Well, and the good yes. news is all of us humans here, maybe unless we're Eckhart Tolle or Oprah, we're all still figuring it out, right? I mean, they haven't that, figured yeah, it out. It Oprah never, doesn't know everything. <laughs> I mean, it never great. stops. It never stops. <laughs> and that's it. I'm encouraged by that because I know that I'm not the only one, like, day-to-day trying to figure my life out, yeah. you know? yeah. But the difference is that the church teaches you all the answers. Mm. And so you walk around feeling like you already have all the answers. You already know all the truths. Mm -hmm. And so there's no reason to have introspection. You have the whole truth. Got it. And it makes you better than everyone else. Which, by the way, I remember um, this part of your book where you talk about, this isn't your exact phrasing, but kind of coming down off your Mormon high horse and feeling like part of humanity. I felt that so hard too. It's an amazing, amazing, incredible feeling that you get from nothing else. Tell me about it. Yes. I was always better than. Mm -hmm. I always knew like more. I had more wisdom. I had more spiritual connection with the divine. And so I was special. I was elite. And that kept me separate from people. Yes. Yeah. Right. It kept them at a distance. And so finally, once I was able to leave that, that's what I call it, joining the human race. Mm. Like finally, I wasn't high and mighty. I was one of the people. And I found that people welcomed me with open arms. They didn't judge me for how terrible I was before, you know, Mm -hmm. and all the things that I said when I was Mormon. And and, uh, it was so beautiful and so rewarding. Isn't it interesting how the church teaches its members to kind of be afraid of everyone else? Like, they're part of the world. Right, they're, the world. They're, yes. You know, we need to be um, hold a higher standard because we have the truth and, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, we, Mormons yeah. aren't the only ones who, who say that. That's true. It's, yeah. it's cults in general. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing that as an evangelical. It's like the world is out there and we're we're different on the inside, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. not and only so different, we're And so you have to be protected yes. from the world. Yes. The world's coming to get you. Yeah. And isn't it interesting <laughs> yes. now that you're in the world. They're like, come on, have this cup of coffee. Join us. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then pretty soon you're like a, like a street whore and you're just on crack like cocaine. I know. I you're mean, you're shooting sl- up heroin. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Cook, cooking up some meth. According to Mormon teachings. <laughs> but no, no, no. Instead, you know what it is? It's a feeling of not judging people. That's what it is. And that is yes. such a lift to your spirit to be like— It's so freeing. Oh, God. It's it's phenomenal. It is. Anywho. It, it, it's nice. It's, yeah. Oh, no, it's that so was a, a nice part. Um, I feel like we haven't touched on—I mean, all this is in your book, yeah. I'm assuming. But but more yes. detail, and, and yeah. it's just great getting your insights as— Right as, now, uh, we're reading. sort of telling your story of how you changed your life, and you still wanted to be here. So is that what it is for you now, that I really want to be here? Not only am I not going to go with my original plan to die by suicide, I want to stay. Do you know, the first moment 
that I felt that was just last year. Wow. It was near the end of last year. I was talking to my girlfriend and I said, for the first time in my life, I want to grow old. Mm. Wait, like, and like wanna... girlfriend, girlfriend, or friend that's yes. a girl? Okay. Oh. No, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, she's amazing. And oh. she listened to your podcast. She's a Nevermo, but she used to listen to your podcast <laughs> oh, when she yeah. was first coming out. Hell it yeah. is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it probably helps her understand your wacky, crazy bullshit, it right? It absolutely does. And she says hi, by the way. Aw, tell her hi. Lots of love. Lots of love. So even after you had left the church, you were still kind of like, I mean, that's how deeply embedded the bullshit is. And Chris had this plan for how many years again? 17 years? 17. Fucking nuts. Yeah. 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 So you had to adopt this new plan thanks to the life coach, but then like believing it that, okay, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to live. Like, when did you fully embrace that? And you said just last year that it's like, damn it. Not only am I going to live, I want to live. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to cr- yes. I'm going to crush this shit. Yeah, when did that come about? Yeah, it was just I don't know, it was kind of random. Mm-hmm. I I was just um really appreciating the the love that I have with mm-hmm. her and just um you know, things were going well with my kids and uh you know, the book was coming together and I just felt like so much hope for the future. For the first time instead of dreading the future, instead of dreading you know, fulfilling my personal destiny as a wife and mother for eternity. Wow. Now I was like, oh, I can be something else and I don't even have to think about eternity. Oh my yeah. God, that's so freeing. I can just enjoy this life. Yeah. yeah. Love that. What are your days like looking forward now that you're not a fucking Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that I don't know everything. Ah, yeah. Like I have become very settled and comfortable with sitting in that uncertainty. Mm, yeah. And and I've discovered that I don't have to have all the answers and I don't have to look to somebody else for answers for me. That's huge. That right there is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because like, you know, when you're in these high demand religions, especially Mormonism in this case, but just having it all planned out. And I just imagine that it has to be terrifying to suddenly one day you leave and now you don't have it all planned out. You don't have a plan. You don't have a plan. Yeah. You don't have a belief. Yeah, you're ostracized from friends and family it, it, potentially. Yeah. yeah. You knew everything beforehand and now you fucking know nothing except you exactly. don't want to be there anymore. But you right. know nothing. You have no faith. You have no belief in an afterlife. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You don't know who you are you potentially. You are. It's some scary ass shit. Anyone yeah. listening who's been through that, you're going to make it through. It's going to be okay. I don't think we ever get finished, but we can get past that shit and figure out who we want to be and what we want to do. And look forward to the discovery of not knowing everything and what can I learn today or tomorrow. You know, I I love that too. Yeah. Because I'm not stuck just having to learn how to fucking bake bread and change diapers. (laughs) I'm like, I want to learn. I know. Like, I already figured that shit out. Is this with or without a bread machine? With bread machine. Okay. Okay. I wasn't that that good. I'm just like. Same here. I use the bread machine too. (laughs) You were not as good at You cheaters. You just throw all those ingredients in there. I didn't even grind my own wheat. Fuck that. Neither did I. Although I did, my ex and I shelled out thousands and thousands of dollars to get full one-year supplies of food for fucking a family of nine. Like, hello, no wonder we ended up broke. Like, we were preparing for the second coming, and we didn't want our kids You're not in Missouri. It doesn't count. You have to be in the right state. (laughs) Well, the devil's going to come, and and the whole world's going to break down, and who knows, zombies and shit, whatever, and we had to be ready 
You know how much it costs to to fucking have a year supply of dehydrated food yeah. and and like unground wheat for nine oh people. God. I would rather like get killed by the zombie than have to eat that shit. <laughs> what a stupid <laughs> life we lived, Chris. I mean, you know, it was meaningless busy work. Oh, it really was. God. <laughs> <sighs> and you heard it here, folks. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> That's their new tagline. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Meaningless busy work. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get spray paint. Don't tell the cops. I'm going to get spray paint and go put that underneath all of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints yep, uh, yep. on the churches. <laughs> I love, love it. it. What if we missed here in, in, in this Yeah, in what this do you want to— I know we kind of jumped from divorce We're, We jumped to, a lot. We did. That's but, what we do. Let me tell you about my book. Yes. Please do. I started writing it just a stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. and I ended up with two different stories. Oh. And so it was a challenge, uh, a fun challenge, to, to combine those two stories into one book. Did you pray for inspiration on that? <laughs> Did you ask there your was bishop? No, <laughs> there was no prayer involved in the book. All right, cool. Carry on. In the writing of this book. <laughs> Each chapter is, is, has two halves. And so the first half of each chapter is a nostalgic story about my childhood, growing up in Bangor, Maine, you know, a lot of them with my brother or my grandparents or whatever, just something happy and something um, a little playful, a little humorous. And then the second half of each chapter tells a traumatic story of being in the church as a woman or as a gay person or with my kid or whatever. And so in each chapter, I develop a theme and I draw that thread through both halves of the chapter. That's Interesting. Badass. That's badass. So it kind of balances out some of the heaviness, brings in some levity. It's just easier to digest. For that sure. Way, I think. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, get that. So Chris, your, your book is out. How do people get a copy of it? And I'm going to say the title again. It's called Worthy, the Memoir of an Ex-Mormon Lesbian by Chris Davis. That's you. That's me. Yeah. How do you get a copy? So um, I'm getting them into some local main bookstores, but also it'll be available on Amazon and it'll be the ebook, the hardcover and the paperback are all coming out at the same time. Nice. Because you know how I like to order um, on Amazon. Still, still it's a habit. You can find links on my website, chrisdavisproud.com. chrisdavisproud.com. And Chris is spelled C-H-R-I-S, Davis. Yes. We all know how to spell chrisdavisproud.com. I'm going to put all this in the show notes. Well, Chris, I want everyone to pick up your book. Yeah, seriously, people. I know yeah. we covered a lot here, but there there is so much more. You I want the story beginning to end, and it's If you phenomenal. would like a, a story that um, follows a linear line and isn't jumping around like the way we do an interview, what are you talking then about? What are you the talking book about? is for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it's called Worthy, the memoir of an ex-Mormon lesbian. Look for it on Amazon or chrisdavisproud.com. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, this has been awesome. I, it took a while to connect, and here we here we are. It was such a delight. Sorry we talked too much. No, ne- <laughs> oh, never no, apologize. I love it. Thank you. Never apologize. Mary, never apologize. For Sorry Shelly talks too I, much. <laughs> I was just about to say she's probably apologizing for me. <laughs> Damn it, I'm just going to do a blanket apology for the last four years. 
<laughs> sorry, everybody. No, sorry, not sorry, bitches. God. It's part of why we love her. Oh, is it? <laughs> I have to um, just disclose that you guys are in my acknowledgments in my book because oh. you helped me laugh my way to a place of healing. Oh, so shit. Thank you. That feels That's good. That's lovely. Thank so you. what percentage of royalties um, are we getting? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay, right on, right on. How about if we're ever in the same town, you buy us a beer and we're good. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Chris, thanks again. Thank you. Chris is fun. I hope being able to hear from her on the podcast gets you to like feel her a bit. I like to know the authors. I like to know who they are outside of the writings of the books. So Chris, you're fucking awesome. Feel her a bit, huh? Not like feel up her a bit. <laughs> Although, sure, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. With Chris, consent. With consent, Chris. Mutual whatever you, yep. consent. Informed yep. consent, please. <laughs> Jesus, Mary. <laughs> and Joseph. You could, you could feel the book. You as could. As much as you want. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? <laughs> Wait, well, before we jump to patrons. Yeah. Oh, we got to take a commercial break anyway. Oh. Before we get into patrons. Be right back. Hey listeners, the Exmo Candle Co., maker of the yummy-smelling and subversive Gay Away the Prey Candle, is giving away, you guessed it, candies. Nope, try again. Candles. More specifically, they're exchanging candles for reviews of candles. Here's how it works. If you've previously purchased a candle from the Exmo Candle Co., just pay their website a visit at exmocandles.com. Then get your creative brain juices flowing and get to writing those reviews. A review of a creator's page is worth one entry in the giveaway. A review of a regular candle on their site is also worth one entry. And a review of a creator candle is worth two entries. Twelve lucky winners chosen at random from the pile of reviews will receive an intriguing mystery candle from the Exmo Candle Co.'s permanent collection. Ooh, mysterious and smelly in the best way. The drawing will be held on Thanksgiving Day, so hit the contact tab at the top of their website and submit a review now. We are back. Hello. Okay. I was about to jump into Supercast, but let's do patrons. Okay. I can do Supercast first. Do it. We've got one Supercast member today. (laughs) Uh, We're going to celebrate the heck out of her. Yeah. Michelle O.D. O.D.? Something like that, yeah. God. So we need an O dot D <laughs> for what you are worthy of. She might have an Irish surname. Oh, like O'Donnell or O'Daughtry or O Dingleberry. Tiggery do. O Diggery do. Diggery do. That's weird. <laughs> Did I make it sound right? <laughs> I think mine was better. <laughs> team Mary like or that. Team Shelly on the didgeridoo. <laughs> don't make me do theremin noises next. What the fuck is a theremin? Yeah, you don't know. We'll talk about it later. I don't think anyone does. Raise your hand if you know what a theremin does is. <laughs> no one raised their hand. Theremin coming up in the future. Anyway, okay, so O.D. Hmm. What was the first name again? Michelle. Michelle. She's worthy of something. She's worthy of... <sighs> Onion dip. <laughs> Damn right. Not that you ever weren't worthy of it. I'm not sure. You, everyone's worthy. Michelle, you are especially worthy of onion dip. And you know what? You get to pick whatever chip you want to dip into your onion dip self. That's weird. This is getting weird. Mary's sounding like Shelly <laughs> right now. but You don't like onion dip? No, I do, but sure. Do you go with a wavy, wavy lays? 
I don't like the wavy lays. You don't? They just crunch weird. Can we move on from Michelle OD? Michelle Onion Dip. Onion Dip. Thank you, you Michelle. (laughs) We appreciate you. You don't have any onion allergies because then. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't eat that. No. Your body's not worthy of onion. I don't do onions. No. It's not great for me. But Michelle, you enjoy that onion dip. It's all you. You are worthy. Yep. Ooh, that was a long one. Sure was. All right, patrons. Um, the first patron I have, I think, is a left and come back patron. And by the way, that's awesome. Yeah, no so, judgment here. No, no, no. Sometimes the new names we give to new patrons, they just don't stick. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're making us come up with a brand new name for you every time. Everyone gets a new name every time you rejoin. But don't just, like, join and then quit and then join and then quit, like, days at a time. To get new names new every names. time? Because we'll run out of new names. And we'll start giving you shit names. When we, we notice we that, that. already. That's we already true. get onion dip. I just, I just did that. <laughs> Fine. Okay. This new repeat uh-huh. patron, which we love you, thank you, is JM, last initial G. JMG. So are we coming up with three things? No, that's two. Well, we could try. So just the MG? What are we? No, what, Jam is the first name. Jam? JM. <laughs> we're just coming up with G. Yes, there's a last name, okay. but we're just doing G. Well, I did the last one. What is uh, J.M. worthy of? J.M., you are worthy of... You can't stop thinking about onion dip. I still... Like, if these were all O's... Um... More onion dip, please. <laughs> You're worthy of... I was going to say good things, but that seems so lame and like... <laughs> covered... I'm sorry. You try. You try. Uh, let me see. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got oh, it. Oh, you do? I I do. And I don't know the age of this person. Okay. J-M-G. But your G is now geriatric care. <laughs> well, like when the time comes. When the time comes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're like 19 years old or 99. I don't know. But when the time comes. <laughs> but you're worthy of it. Yeah. When the time comes. <laughs> damn it. God damn it, J-M. You are worthy of good geriatric ah, care. Double G's with a G sound and a, a mm-hmm. hard and a soft G. That's that's double points. Two for. <laughs> that's a two for. If J-M drops off again, I'll be like, <laughs> what are we going to do next time? <laughs> well, not geriatric care. Because <laughs> you're only worthy of that once in your life. For God's sake. Don't be greedy. Greedy, another G name. That is a G. <laughs> huh. All right. Thank you, JM. Who is our next patron? Katie C. We know Katie. Oh, we do. Let's give her a we good have, one. We have partied with Katie. We've gone to concerts with Katie. Katie's a fucking badass. Yeah, she is. Okay, mm-hmm. let's see. She deserves a, a, a badass worthy name. I think our dog bit Katie one time. Oh, did Domino. Did he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's an kind asshole. of an asshole. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I mean, he's a sweetheart, but somehow he just flips out when people stand up and walk. <laughs> he for sure does. I mean, he didn't break the skin. Maybe he did. I don't know. Sorry, Katie. Sorry, Katie. That's awful. So okay. we, should, we should probably give her a good C name. Oh, she is worthy of that, but I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, It's your turn, I think. Katie is is worthy of. Oh, you know what? Katie has a lot of cats. Well, she's not like a cat lady, like a crazy cat lady. She's got more than one. No, I know. I love her cats. I've taken a nap with her cat. I'm not complaining about Katie's cats. (laughs) You complain about my cats. I do. I'm not really a cat person. You know what's the funny thing about Mary not liking cats is the more she dislikes my cats, the more they like her. Fucking assholes. (laughs) That's how cats work. Like, I don't think you like me. I think I'll purr and rub against your Uh legs. I know. You don't have to rub against me. I didn't give consent to that (laughs) activity. She asked. (laughs) Uh-huh. That's what my cats sound like. Well, anyway, I, I answered Katie's no. Cats. You did. No, no means no. But you didn't answer in a cat language, <laughs> I don't so know, how no. is she supposed to? If I could learn no in cat speak. Do you want to hear oh, what yeah. it sounds like? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a swat. Nice. Well, well played. Know. Okay. 
Uh, so Katie Katz. Katie Katz. You're worthy of your cats. That's very sweet. I know. I love your cats. Okay. Who's next? S-W. S-W. Mm-hmm. But just the W part. Well, yeah. No, she gave me a name, but I'm just doing the W. Okay, what you got? So S-W, I hope you know who we're talking about here because I don't know if we've had a lot of S-Ws. But anyway, S-Witchcraft. Witchcraft? You do whatever kind of weird, funky-ass, witchcrafty thing you want. You are worthy of exploring whatever you want, witchy witch. Well, also, worthy itself starts with a W. So yeah, it but could be S-Worthy. Could be. No, that doesn't work. Because <laughs> worthy is what everyone's getting. They are worthy of, what, they're worthy of worthy? What if this person doesn't want to be worthy of witchcraft? I'm just throwing that it out It doesn't there. matter if they want it or not. They are worthy of witchcraft if they choose. Okay. And witchcraft can be interpreted in multiple ways. So... All right. Interesting. Weird. It's not like uh, I said Wiccan. I didn't like 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 narrow it down to one thing. Is that a religion, by the way? Wiccan? Well, I didn't say it was a religion. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, to I be think honest. it's a spiritual belief. Is it? I don't know. Okay. All you Wiccans, write in. Let us know what it is. There you go. Or we can Google, but that's less fun. Next, Linda H. Linda H. You. It's me, huh? Mm-hmm. The obvious thing would be to say Linda is worthy of happiness. Oh, That's yeah. very sweet, but that's a little boring. So what about handbags? Linda might be worthy of handbags. <laughs> maybe maybe Linda likes handbags and collects maybe, them. <laughs> maybe handbags makes Linda happy. Maybe. Another twofer. Maybe maybe they do. Linda, listen, you are you are worthy of handbags as many fucking handbags as it takes to get you happy. Collect them all. Collect them all. <laughs> like Gotta Pokemon. have them all. Yeah, like Pokemon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, thanks, Linda. We have one more. Uh, Kaylee didn't give us a last name at all. So Kaylee, I feel like when people don't give us last names, we just go a little nutty pants. Okay, so what do you got, Shelly? Let's go with Kaylee. Let's use her first initial for Kaylee. So Kaylee K. We're going with K. Okay, so K is the word Mm -hmm, you're trying mm -hmm. to find. Okay, what what you got? a great one. Kaylee, you are worthy of kicking ass. Oh, kicking ass. Kaylee, get out there and kick some ass. There's nothing ass kicking that you can't do because you are worthy of all of it. All the ass kicking. All of it. I like it. Well, thanks all the patrons and Supercast members today. Reminder, if you would like to toss us a little love, we sure appreciate it. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Mm-hmm. All right, can we wrap this up? Wrap it up. All right, thanks, everyone. Thanks to Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. We sure appreciate you. And remember, steer clear of those cults. Because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye.